Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> I'm I'm Sean DePasquale here with... <laughs> Doria Sheffield. You know what? We got to mix it up. Uh, we got to <laughs> mix it up. There's only so many ways you can say... The, I have to keep oh, it Mr. interesting. Sheffield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know I, oh, shoot. This alarm. Uh, that's that's fine. We're no. keeping it in. You're here with <laughs> us in real time. <laughs> yep. Um, this. So, oh, go on. I was gonna. I was gonna introduce the episode, but you should introduce the episode. Well, welcome back. <laughs> Every week we do a podcast where we talk about Fran Drescher's hilarious sitcom, <laughs> The Nanny. This week we are deep into season two, episode fifteen, Kindervelt Days. Uh, Toria, what was this episode about? This is the episode where Fran is going to go to her um, summer camp reunion, and she not is thing. freaking. It's not a thing. I really? don't think. I think it is. Like, I mean, I've been to summer camps, and we would have like right after summer ended. Like, sometimes people would meet up, but I don't know that I've ever been to like a ten-year camp reunion. I mean, maybe it's a thing. Uh, but. I mean, I was. I don't know. I was going to say like those Jewish camps in the Catskills. Like people were like devotees. Yeah. So I yeah. could. See, it, it was not a, um, outside the realm of imagination for me. But so yeah, uh, this is episode true. where she's going to go, and she's freaking out because she doesn't have a date, yep. and she feels like she's going to get one upped by Judy Silverman, who was a girl <laughs> who was always one upping her back in the day. Judy is such an old lady <laughs> name. That's I know my aunt Judy, uh-huh. my mom or my mom. Or Judy and Linda, two I'm Jews main, from New York. <laughs> two Jews from New York. It sounds like uh, the the main characters of Coffee Talk. I'm Judy. <laughs> I'm Linda. Welcome to Coffee Talk. I know. Uh, and then they have a cousin Barbara. <laughs> That's the three. Um, I will say both this episode and next week's episode had a lot of like super dated references that do not make sense now, like at all. And and honestly barely made sense at the time and i'm excited to talk about those i don't know i think they did make sense at the time and i was delighted going into a few deep dives on them um but you're right they they did not hold up from a young person's perspective how about anyone born after 1985 (laughs) but like Like, don't you think our moms would have just like thought they were so funny like if our moms saw these episodes they would they would love it but um so we can get into that when we get to the when we get to them because i want to talk about who the today's equivalent of these like even at the 90s were sort of dated references. Like, I'm just cu- <laughs> curious, but okay. Uh, the, these episode, this episode starts with uh, Fran and Sylvia and the kids going through all of Fran's old things in this storage attic um, at uh, Fran's mom's apartment because they want to convert the storage room into a den for Morty. And so Fran's like picking things up and she's like, she's like, oh my God, my win a date with Eric Estrada entry form. And then she's like, mom, you never mailed this. And then she finds an old Halloween costume. And then she ends up finding an old camp photo from Camp Kindervelt. Yes. Um, 
And this is where she she, she reveals that yeah, uh, little Judy Silverman was always trying to one up her, and she even said. She even said, sometimes she did, sometimes she didn't. Oh, no, she says, sometimes she did, and sometimes a little X-lax in her hot chocolate kept her out of color wars. <laughs> it's like the second time we've had a reference to Fran sabotaging another girl in a kind of like brutal way. There's a really, I mean, there's, they're like going through old stuff, and 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 Sylvia pulls out an old hairpiece. <laughs> And she goes, oh, your father's first hairpiece. He loved Ringo. And it looks like Ringo Starr's old shitty haircut. And then she puts it on Brighton. Brighton's face was priceless, by the way. Brighton Brighton has two really good episodes in a row uh, here. Absolutely. But he really gets the shine next week. Um, But even in this episode when he pops in, he's really like – really hitting his stride that kid yeah because she goes she goes sing yeah 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 <laughs> just, <laughs> that wig it was just so funny um and yeah. so so you know that's our first scene and then yeah. the b plot of the episode um we're back at the mansion and we established that um cc is a smoker and that she uh Austin has to go outside to smoke. This was barely a B plot, but it was yes. barely and like you know the B. We'll, we'll get to it, but basically her her little happening is that she's trying to quit, and Niles is trying to ensure she gains weight while she quits, which is just yeah. a mean thing to do. Um, it's interesting because this is like exactly right for this era, you know. Um, like this is I think somewhere around like the mid nineties, and like this was the turn where like society had started to like push really hard collectively back against like smoking. And like, mm-hmm. I think this is probably one of the last shows that was allowed to show someone smoking in prime time from like eight to 9 PM. Cause like they, they allowed it for a long time. And I still think they make exceptions every once in a while uh, after like 10 PM for like the, the last block of shows. But um, you can't smoke on TV anymore on on network. Uh, Interesting. In yeah, time. we are probably one of the last generations to remember smoking sections in restaurants. When I was a kid, you would yeah. walk in and they would say smoking section or non smoking. Yeah, and you could always smell the cigarette smoke wherever you were in the restaurant, but it just yeah. wasn't quite in your face. It wasn't next um, to you. Yeah, on planes. Yeah, which is like, I mean, I'm old enough to remember smoking on planes. Like I remember oh, oh. I remember smoking section in 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 on the plane. You could just smoke <laughs> in your seat, which is insane <laughs> to think about now. Like <laughs> insane to think about, but um well, anyway, back to this episode in the in the here and now. Um so the next scene, um, we have Val and Fran in the kitchen at the mansion, and they're still kind of going through more of her old stuff. And it's, uh, there's this funny beat where Brighton's like, "Fran, what do you want me to do with your old with your old books?" And she's like, "Oh, my old school books, Valley of the Dolls." And then she like lists some other completely like <laughs> salacious, trashy novel. And then she's like, "Chemistry book? How'd that get in here?" And then she's like, "Brighton, go put these in my closet." Or better yet, under my bed, <laughs> which which I thought was fantastic. I, I love that that character detail about Fran because it's come up before. Yeah. Um, and then also they bring someone brings in. Uh, I think she carries in a a fake lemon tree, mm-hmm. and Niles comes in and he's like horrified by it. And she's like, Niles, like I wanted to give this to you. Isn't it fabulous? 
and it's like and smell it it smells like lemon you'd never know it's not real and then he's like it's not like super super sarcastically and she's like uh-uh she's like the secret is you you uh wash it with lemon pledge <laughs> and it's like he is so so horrified by this tacky i also luxury. i very rarely notice clothing but fran's pink vinyl like jacket skirt thing with like a zebra belt was huh. uh like stuck out to me and i really this is one of the outfits that i was like you know what it works and it still kind of mm-hmm. works like it, it looks good cool. Yeah, I it looks cool, and I feel like people would still wear that, like fashion-y people, you know, would still wear that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it was super cool. Yeah. Um, and it was like a baby pink. Um, um, also, the- also, oh. I wanted to point out in that scene, um, there's recycling in the kitchen. Like, they make a very prominent display of, like, following Fran with the camera as she walks over to this little three-tiered recycling bin and puts something in it, which, again, for the time, is, like, pretty progressive, and I think, like, clearly, you know, everything we know about Fran now was, like, clearly was, like, a conscious, like, hey, they should just be doing this, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and so this is a scene where Val goes, she's like, so Fran, like, um, are you going to the Camp Kindervelt reunion? So we established that there is a reunion coming up. And Fran's like, no, I'm not going, you know, I don't want to go and be one-upped by Judy, who surely has a fabulous life and a rich husband by now. Yeah. And um, and she, no sooner does she say that, d- does Mr. Sheffield walk in. Oh, no. And she says, oh, she's wait, like, I wouldn't. Wait, 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 wait. We forgot to establish in that first scene, there's a Sylvia finds a letter that she forgot to mail. No, I did say that. I oh, did you did? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Eric Estrada. I said it very quickly, though. Maybe we should yeah, have. We, we, sh- we, should, we, should, we should make sure to point out that, like, she, it, it's kind of thrown away, but she does mention, like, oh, there's a letter that you wrote to Eric Estrada, who was on, it was like a actor. Well, well yeah, that's where, no, Fran finds it. And she's like, yeah. my, you never mailed it? And she's like, well, give it to me. I got a tax return from 1983 that has to go out. <laughs> But so, yes, that was sort of like casually said in the first scene, but it will come back eventually. Mm-hmm. But um, so basically, Fran says she doesn't want to go and she would only go to this reunion, you know, if she had some, you know, rich, handsome guy to take. And where is she going to find someone like that? No sooner does she say that does Mr. Sheffield walk in. He's on the phone and he's like, he's like talking to someone. He's like, tell Giorgio Omani that I won't pose for GQ. I'm a producer, not a model. And then, and then he goes... And what am I going to do with another Lamborghini? <laughs> um, and then Val's like, Val's like, Fran, you should take Mr. Sheffield. Yeah. And Mr. Sheffield's like, I, sorry, and Fran's like, oh, no, that's like that. I would never do that. That doesn't make any sense. Like, and he would never say yes. And then she's like, no, like, you would do that for him. Like, you should ask him. And she's like, you know what, Val, I will. So that sort of sets up the first act almost of this of this episode, yeah. which is she's going to ask Mr. Sheffield if he will accompany her to her reunion as her date. There's um, there's a great there's a great thing here that I, I literally wrote down, oh I should do this. <laughs> Which is Fran so the next scene is Fran goes to ask Mr. Sheffield if he'll if he'll come and he's in his office and she walks in and she goes she goes, Ah, oh, Mr. Sheffield, what are you doing on Friday? I I really need you to ask you a favor. And he's like, oh, Friday. Oh, 
oh, I'm so busy on Friday, any yeah. other day, and I would be able to do it. And she goes, oh, that's perfect because it's actually Saturday. And yeah. like genuinely, I was like, this is brilliant. This is actually a brilliant yeah. way to completely block someone from being able to tell you they can't go somewhere with you. <laughs> yeah, and then Niles, but Niles goes, even a blind man in New Jersey saw that one coming. <laughs> um, it was great. And then there's also, uh, while she's in there uh, talking to him, we also see that Niles has dragged that hideous fake lemon tree out on to the terrace. <laughs> yeah. And and Cece's out there smoking. And <laughs> Mr. Sheffield goes, Niles, take that hideous thing off the terrace. Or no, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Get that hideous thing off the terrace. And Niles just opens the door and goes, Miss Babcock, Mr. Sheffield says he wants you off the terrace. <laughs> and she listens. She immediately, she's like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> she doesn't know what just pre preceded that. That's it was great. a very, very funny zinger that I did not see coming, even yep. though, again, I should have by now. Yep. Um, but so basically, you know, she says if, she asked him if he'd come with her and he's like, oh no. He's like, you know, Miss Fine, I, I loathe reunions. I, I really won't. And and he refuses. And she's like, she's like, after all th- this joke, by the way, that comes up, I had to uh, Google the reference. It is so dark. But yeah. she goes, oh, she goes, after all the favors I've done for you, you've slept me out on that yacht on a Sunday, all the way up to Newport. Also, you can hang out with Klaus and I'm stuck inside with Sunny, who hardly says two words. <laughs> And, you know, the audience laughs really loudly at that. And, you know, obviously that's the first part of the joke where she's describing, like, I'm being schlepped away on a yacht, which is obviously funny. But then I'm like, who are Klaus and Sonny? I did not know. So, okay, this is from Google. Martha Sharp Sonny Von Bulu was an American heiress and socialite. Her second husband, Klaus Von Bulu, was convicted in 1982 of attempting to murder her by insulin overdose, (laughs) but the conviction was overturned on appeal. A second trial found him not guilty after experts opined that there was no insulin injection and that her symptoms were attributed to overuse of prescription drugs. (laughs) Um, She... It said the story was dramatized in the book, Reversal of Fortune. Sunny lived almost 28 years in a persistent vegetative state. It's a real dark joke. Yes. So so that's the Sunny and Klaus that they were going up to Newport to hang out with. And that's why Sunny hardly says two words because she uh, she's in a, coma. in a persistent vegetative state. <laughs> she's in a drug-induced coma. Oh, but anyway, so but so we established Mr. Wow. Sheffield says no. And, you know, Fran thinks that's a pretty jerky thing. But she yeah. moves on. Um yeah. And then the next day, they're just kind of hanging out in the living room like the kids and Fran. And the doorbell rings. And, oh, my God, it is Eric Estrada from Chips fame. Um, and th- maybe – I don't know if this is one of the references you were talking <laughs> like, about. What's if, if, Chips? <laughs> so you didn't – so I know what Chips is, but I think because, you know – Dak Shepard made a movie chips that I knew was based on the beloved show, like action adventure show chips about, I think it was cops. I want to say in Miami, but I'd have to, I'd have to go. No, California highway patrol. That's chips. I didn't even, I didn't even know that. I knew it was, I knew there was a lot of. It's California highway interstate patrol. And the I and chips is I think lowercase because it's not really. Like it's uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, look, I was born in 1981 and like, even for me at the time that this episode aired, it was like, this is an old ass reference. Like who cares about this guy? And he was still famous. Like at this point for sure, as like the chips guy, he was like the hot, 
you know, Latinx man on, on chips, but, I don't know, man. I it, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> who, does anyone born after 1985 even know who Eric Estrada is at this point? And certainly, does anyone born after 1995 know who Eric Estrada is? And no, I would venture to guess no. So this was, I'm trying to see when Chips ran for. It, I think it started in, in 77. So that means it would have run until about 83. Okay. So yeah. that means, you no, know, it was just about a decade. I don't think that's crazy. I think this is our age or our, you know, blind spots showing up. Because let's just say there was a show today. I'm like that reference, like what's a show from 10 years ago? Um, it's just like, hmm. It's like maybe like you how can't Riverdale even think of a show from ten years how, like, ago. It's like you know Riverdale has all of these Beverly Hill 90210 90s era actors in it, and right. there's a lot of people that really appreciate that. Even though a lot That's of younger fair. viewers who watch Riverdale they don't know, but we're all like, oh my god, it's uh, sure, sure, Molly Luke, Jan, Luke Perry, Perry. Molly yeah, Luke Perry, Molly Ringwald, um, yeah, uh, no, not Luke one? Perry. Who was the other one? Uh, the, the one that died. One. The guy that died. Just no, no, that is Luke Perry. Oh, That's right. Luke Perry. Who's the other I'm one? Thinking the um the cute one. He was in um Scream. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, it, <laughs> I'm like you know Sean the cute one. <laughs> it's also like um, you're proving my point because you can't even remember their no, no, names. No. But no, no, no. I disagree. I think no, a I, lot I, of the viewership at this time very much would have known um somebody from a show a decade before. Sure, a decade's I not a long time. I I I I think that's fair. Although now. You know, God knows if anyone even in our audience knows who Eric Estrada is, but um, that's true. But again, but, as we've had this conversation, I don't think you should make a TV show solely for like, will this work in twenty years? Because most things won't work. Like most, even comedy evolves. Like that, like you know, play make it enjoyable for the people watching. Sure. Um, but so. Eric Estrada shows up. The audience is like, woo, and yeah, the kids are mind. like. Yeah, the kids are like, Fran, we ended up mailing that letter um, because we knew how desperate you were. <laughs> and Eric Estrada, he's very nice. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I got the letter. And my publicist thought it would be a really cute thing to do for like a publicity thing to take you to this big reunion. Yeah. Um, and so Fran is like so over the moon about it. Um, and the th- oh, I forgot to say that before this scene, we have a moment with Mr. Sheffield and Niles in the kitchen mm-hmm. where um, – Basically, um, Mr. Sheffield is looking, he's reading the, tr- the paper and he's going, ah, oh, he's like that Andrew Lloyd Webber. He, you know, he won up to me again. He, he got the rights to a play I've been wanting to make for years. Like just once I'd like to top him. And Niles, you know, kind of slyly, you know, he's, he's sort of like the invisible hand, I think, of the household when it comes Definitely. to these things. <clears throat> he goes, he goes, ah, so, you know, I guess you can appreciate how Miss Fine feels with uh, Judy Silverman. And instantly, Mr. Sheffield's demeanor kind of changes. Yeah, he feels he, bad. Yeah, he feels yeah. guilty. And he's like, you know what? You're right. He's like, I, I will take her. And, you know, I, I, and he kind of, though, he clearly also like has a bit of a big head about it where he's like, I guess it would be quite a thrill for people to see her with me. <laughs> um, you know, and so he goes up to busy himself to sort of find his outfit and, and really make sure he makes a splash with her when he uh, accompanies her. But he hasn't actually told her yet. So anyway, then we have the next scene with Eric Estrada establishing he's going to take Fran. And then Fran runs over to the telephone. She calls up Val. And just as Mr. Sheffield is coming into the room, she's like, Val, you'll never guess 
who's going to take <laughs> who's taking me to the camp reunion. And Mr. Sheffield thinks that she's talking about him. He gets very happy like, with himself. Yeah. And, and he's like, she's like, he's, he has an accent. He's so handsome. Like, um, everybody knows his name. And then she goes, Eric Estrada. <laughs> you see Mr. Sheffield's <laughs> face fall. Um, and then, you know, he, he, he doesn't even end up telling her that he was planning to no. take her because, you know, it's kind of that class. I think that that happens a lot. And I actually really like this trope. I think it's happened in Friends. It happens in all these things where it's like somebody – decides that they are going to do someone a favor by taking them somewhere as a date and they it's really really sweet and then they find out that like someone more attractive or more popular has actually right. asked that person and <laughs> their sweet gesture gets undercut and it's like just always like very sad yeah. um but so then you know Erica Strada shows up the next night and he takes her to the reunion um and she it's funny because she's like my dress is too tight and my hair is too tall and Sylvia's <laughs> like Sylvia's like oh I think you could have added another couple inches <laughs> and and it's also very funny because we see how uh, Sylvia and Fran attempt to speak Spanish they're like buenos nachos gracias whatever they're talking <laughs> Eric Estrada which was a really funny detail but so they get on Eric Estrada's motorcycle and they drive to the camp reunion and they get there and like you know all the women are going crazy for it and Fr Fran takes off her helmet and she's like mortified because it's flattened her hair but the joke is that her hair actually looks really great um and normal for once yeah like uh, i i i even noted like she looks fantastic like I know, that she looks fantastic it's great yeah but she but, but then you know no sooner does eric estrada show up and sort of say hi to everybody and get his photo taken does he say okay like i'm heading out and fran's like wait a second you're leaving we just got here and he's like oh yeah like didn't my publicist tell you like i have reservations for a show and dinner with my family um actually the the beat is funnier he's like he's like oh yeah i have reservations with my wife and kids um did <laughs> they Beauty tell the you <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah. they tell you and then she goes no i've never met your wife and kids <laughs> and, and then he goes no no like my publicist um and he's like this was just you know the, a little publicity stunt and she's like oh right right oh okay like it it was really great meeting you. And then he leaves and she's like, oh, Val, she's like, Judy's not even here yet. And my date's already gone. What am I going to do? And she's like, I just, let's just get out of here. Um, and right before they're about to leave though, Judy shows up with a yeah. very handsome guy. Yes. And she, you know, uh, She's it's, like very aggressive, Judy. She's like, you know, where's your date? Like, what are you oh, yeah. doing? Like, she's so aggressive. It's like, it, it, it it was, it was, it made, honestly, Judy seems insane. <laughs> like, yeah, well, she was clearly there. I'm very, very pleased with herself for having this sort of handsome guy on her arm. And she literally goes, where's your guy? And Fran's literally like, my guy, my guy. Uh, and we're talking about my guy, <laughs> which is a funny um, music reference. But so she's kind of like stumbling and fumbling and stalling. And then all of a sudden... Mr. Sheffield appears at her side and he's like, hello, darling. It's wonderful. Sorry, he like late. wraps his arms around her. It's a very sweet moment. Yes. Yes. And he's just perfect timing. And, and the Judy, like her jaw drops and she's like, he's your date. And Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, I, I don't know if date's quite appropriate. We've been living together for over a year now, isn't it? And he says something like, oh, like I'm Maxwell Sheffield. And then no sooner does he say that. 
does Judy's quote unquote fiance literally go, Oh my God, (laughs) and he's like, Oh, it's in your last revival. And then he starts extremely campily start singing a song from um, the chorus line, basically. And it's very, very clear that this is not a heterosexual man. And then Judy, Judy looks in rage. She grabs him by the arm, leads him away and goes, this is the last time I ever watch your cat while you're away. (laughs) So it's clear that she has just roped in a gay neighbor to pose as her fiance in an attempt to one up everyone. It's a great Um, bit. Yes. It's a great bit. Like it's a really funny bit. And, and like, I laughed out loud. I mean, I, <laughs> I thought it was very funny. Then stupid Val, who's watched the whole thing, as they walk away, she just goes, they're going to have such good-looking children. <laughs> she has no idea what just was revealed. <laughs> an um, and then this episode ends with an incredibly, incredibly sweet moment where music starts playing. And it's actually uh, the song Two Different Worlds about people from two different worlds. Um, and he's like, what do you say? You know, we dance, we, we dance together, Miss Fine. And she's like, Oh, of course, Mr. Sheffield. And they start dancing. And she actually says, she's like, so Mr. Sheffield, like, why, why did you come here? And then he's like, well, right after you left, Mr. Estrada's publicist called to confirm his reservations. He's like, so I, I figured, you know, you might have a little space on your dance ticket for me. And he says it like, you know, very humbly, but it's, it's so clear that he showed up to sort of come to her rescue it's really sweet yeah and then they're dancing and it's just this very very earnest minute or two where they're dancing around the room and they're looking into each other's eyes and you can just tell there is something there's so much between them and he even says she looks lovely and there's really like you can tell they're like falling for each other this is one of those moments that like i think really put is pushing driving the needle towards these two together um, and, but then of course, j- just when it's very, very earnest, he, he dips her and we hear her dress tear <laughs> and then, you know, they kind of like shuffle out of the room. Um, and that, and that's the joke that it ends on, but not before very, very sweet couple minutes of them dancing together and clearly like falling for each other. It's funny that you just said that it sort of pushes, cause I, I use the same thing in my, in my notes as I, as I was like, this is a very sweet moment and it really pushes the needle towards like falling <laughs> in love. I mean, it was my exact note. It really does. I mean, it's a very, um, it's one of the most deliberate moments of connection we've seen between them in the whole mm-hmm. series, I think. Um, yes. So yeah, a pretty big episode it turns out as far as as far as you know plot development goes as it were. Yep, and very funny and very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, oh, and then one thing that we breezed over because it wasn't super relevant to the plot is the scene where um, Niles is literally baking cakes, eclairs, pizzas, and pot roast. And putting it in front of uh, Cece, <laughs> uh, just just in order to uh, have her gain weight. Yeah, yeah. But that was um, And then, and then the c- closing credit scene is um, like it's just sort of them reminiscing about like stuff as they're going through Fran's old stuff that they took from storage. And it's like kind of a throwaway scene, but it does it does this weird thing where it establishes that Val still lives in her parents' house, <laughs> and then. She says, she says something about basically like, I wish they would just let me know when they're going to play pool. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Which implies that they're playing. She's sleeping on the pool table in her parents' (laughs) den. (laughs) What she does is she, 
says it's established that her parents have converted her old bedroom into a rec room and then it's established though that she still sleeps in that room so they did it while she was still living in the house and she Uh goes i wish they'd just wake me up before they start playing (laughs) she's like give me time to get off the table (laughs) and then fran Uh, goes hey at least they installed a wet bar so you can shower it's so funny <laughs> but anyway, so that's the episode. It was really yeah. delightful. Good episode. Really good episode. Yeah. Should we move into segments? We should move into segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments. Uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> da 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 da. Um. Okay, so favorite lines moments. I already said I love when Sylvie and Fran go Buenos Nachos. Yeah, I love Buenos Nachos. I also had um, so Fran's wearing be- uh, uh, platform heels uh, and and sort of talking to the kids about the seventies and uh, and I think it's I think it's Maggie goes um, or, or yeah it's Maggie. She goes, you know, how did you keep from breaking your ankle? And Fran goes. That's what the bell bottoms were for to hide the swelling, which I thought was a really funny line. I know. I thought I, I really enjoyed that too. Um, I I liked in the very, very first scene when Fran is looking at her old camp photo and says to the kid, she's like, Oh, that Judy Silverman, she was always so threatened by me. And then um, Maggie goes, Why? Because you were prettier. And then Fran goes, yeah, that. And I actually threatened her. <laughs> um, uh, I also really liked Eric Estrada meets Mr. Sheffield in the house. And and he's like, I'm a producer. And Eric Estrada goes, oh, what TV shows do you produce? And he goes, none. I make theater. And, and Estrada goes, wow. So how did you get this house? <laughs> Which is a really- question you and I have asked. <laughs> and it's such a dig to like um, – the theater world versus the movie world or mm-hmm. TV world. But it's funny because sometimes there are lines that I like, but I don't bother writing them down because I know you're going to write them down. And oh, I'm like, funny. oh, and I didn't write that down specifically because I'm like, oh, I bet Sean's going to flag that one. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then I, there was this one scene where when Mr. Sheffield decides that he's going to um, go to the reunion, he decides he wants to wear his green uh, jacket and his, or his green suit and he he tells Niles to go fix it up and then Niles tells him Niles tries to tell him that he looks tubby in it just so he doesn't <laughs> have to go like fix like you know do any extra work that day yeah he's like oh because Mr. Sheffield's like ah yes the green suit oh Niles that means you're going to have to just repair the button um steam it and if you could just do that like little bit of hemming that we talked about and then Niles who at first had been like so encouraging of him wearing something nice is like Oh, uh, the green suit. Uh, don't you think it makes you look um, a bit tubby? <laughs> he's just the worst. He's the uh, worst. He's the it's best. so mean. He's the best. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, and, and then I just have the note where I said the dance scene was so, so great. And I genuinely loved it. You know, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, same. Genuinely loved it. Um, um, any other? Yiddish? I mean, I guess the title is Yiddish, right? The title is Yiddish, and yeah. also um, we use the word schlepped, which we have, which we've used before. Schlepped um, away, all, yep, and schlepped away, and you know, it's just to go out of your way um, to get somewhere. Um, usually, going some out of your way to get Correct. somewhere. Um, nanny trivia: This is kind of apropos of nothing, but interesting. 
Fran Drescher took dictation classes to try to get rid of her accent when she was younger and early oh, in her career. And she even had a teacher in high school. I think you mean diction her- classes. Dictation would be like oh, dictating yes, classes. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, diction, diction classes. classes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, not dictation classes. <laughs> she took diction uh, classes. We're going to get another We're going to get another Apple review that's like these morons know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to keep telling my dad, stop leaving negative reviews. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm glad it's your dad because otherwise I would assume it was my cousin, Jenna. <laughs> um, but so, oh, she even had a teacher in high school tell her that she needed to lose the accent if she was ever going to make it in that's acting. Wow. And here's the one thing that is like so impressive about Fran Drescher, though. She felt very strongly early on um, that the accent what is what made her different and that she yeah. knew she wanted to be a comedic actress and that like that was going to be part of her brand. Um, yeah, and I think her. that takes, a, yeah, it takes a lot of, of like something. I don't know what it is like. To it's a certain hear. je ne sais quoi. Ah, you might say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certain je ne sais quoi to say, okay, I have all these older people who seemingly have more experience in me telling me this, but, but I don't think that's true. I, yeah. You know, so she stopped taking the classes. She, she Good was like, her. you know, I'm already getting a little work with this accent and that's going to be my thing. And apparently um, in an interview where somebody interviewed her actual mother Mm -hmm. um, about like Fran's voice, the mother said something like, we never knew she talked funny. (laughs) (laughs) Further proving that Fran's real life mother is just Sylvia. (laughs) Yeah, it was just so, it was so perfect. Um, And then for the Fran of the CC, I said, I think you're more the Fran because you were a camp kid and I wasn't. Yeah. And also I quit smoking before you did. Well, because I never, I never smoked. <laughs> yeah, but I quit first, so <laughs> that's, that's I guess valid. that makes me the CZ and you the Fran, technically. <laughs> um, no, the only times I've ever smoked is when I was under uh, the bad influence of the Bunny Ears crew when I would that's do it just to fit in. That's true. That's true. I, that's why well, I, he, everyone smoked. <laughs> if if um if smoking wasn't bad for you, I would one hundred percent do it because I love. Oh, yeah, um, who wouldn't like? Yeah, I guess that's true. Who wouldn't? Well, it's awesome. Well, well, here's the thing. A lot of people are really grossed out by the smell. I'm not grossed out by the smell. They're and it, it does prevent <laughs> stupid nerds. Stupid nerds. <laughs> but yeah, like, you look, know, if smoking I, wasn't bad for you, I think mo- – like I didn't quit smoking because I was like – I, I, don't I don't like this. I quit it because I was like, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love anything that um, – involves kind of keeping your hands busy and mm-hmm. then kind of honestly not having to snack all the time. It replaces yeah. my snacking. And it makes you cooler. It does make, it does look cool. <laughs> it does. Um, my oldest, my, my older brother, I say oldest brother, I only have one. He quit smoking and it got to the point where he would only smoke in the car when no one else was around. And I once asked him, I was like, why do you smoke? And he goes, cause it looks so cool. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> I, I would even venture to say I didn't quit smoking because it was killing me. I like, I quit smoking because Elizabeth didn't want me to die. <laughs> and she was yeah. like, you really should quit smoking. Cause like I was slowly being killed by cigarettes for years and was just <sighs> like, yeah, but I look so cool and I love it so much. I know it's such, you know, anyway, oh, don't you know smoke really, kids. It's here's the other, yeah, don't smoke. Well, here's the other. You can vape that- though. I still stand by that. <laughs> no. Vape till your heart's content. No, 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 no. Don't do any of that. It's all terrible for you. But I will it's say not. this. Vaping is bad for you. Prove it. It's your it, it rate. Your heart rate goes up. 
it does bad things to your yeah, brain. So does roller coasters, but you don't see me not you're going not on roller coasters. Doing, Actually, you know, I hate t- roller coasters. You're but. not doing twenty roller. I don't like them either. They're t- why would you put yourself? <laughs> why? Why do you want to be like that? Just exactly. Jostled around. Thank you. Like, All right. Well, we'll let, let's save that for theme park cast. When yeah, we get but to I that. was going to quickly say, yeah. um, smoking does make you look really old prematurely. So that's another True. huge, huge. I mean, True. huge deterrent. Although I smoked for years and kept my boyish youth, so I don't know. But I also have bad genes. Anyway, um, listen, if you uh, enjoy this or if you work for some type of anti-smoking organization and you want to tell us that uh, this episode was inappropriate for all audiences, you can find us on social media at, oh, Mr. Chef Pod. That's with two Fs. Uh, O is spelled normally. You don't have to spell it like, it just, I don't know why I said it like that. Like you just got punched in the stomach. Oh, Mr. Chef (laughs) Uh, yeah. Oh, Mr. Chef Pod. That's two F's in Chef. Um, and, uh, you know, listen, you love it. We love it. Tell people that you love it by leaving a five star review and some comments or no comments, but five star review is very helpful on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And come back next week when we will talk about episode 16, season two of The Nanny. The Nanny. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. I, uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>